Crossengage Podcast. Welcome to Crossengage Podcast. We are happy that you are with us again out there. My name is Michael and today I welcome one of our solution partners in our office, Robert Repolz, co-founder of Optilitz. Optilitz allows to easily send printed cards to customers instead of spamming them with emails. Before starting with his service two years ago, he was founder of the British storage solution provider Spaceways and the organic fashion label Kindstoff. Furthermore, he gained a lot of experience at Rocket Internet and the management consulting company AT Kearney. But now we want to talk about direct mailings and how they can provide the right push in the marketing mix. So, hi Rob, it's nice to have you here uh, with us at CrossEngage. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, the first question I want to know is um, that we all know that emails can be really annoying these days. You get a lot of spam emails and a lot of notifications you don't really need. Um, so why was your company then the first one to focus on print mailings? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we basically realized that there's quite an exciting channel out there. Um, you know, if you look at how people perceive it um, and, and the potential, also things like the opportunity that you can, you can target all of your customers without an opt-in um, and that if you don't have an immediate purchase, people can, uh, you know, they keep their letters, postcards, whatever, and then they convert whenever need arises. But at the same time, we saw that it's, it's just a really big pain to run the channel. So we said, okay, we, there has to be a tool That is equivalent to tools we, we know in online marketing that enables marketers to leverage the full potential while reducing effort. You've been working for a lot of companies before um, and even your own companies. Uh, was, this, was there one experience where you said, okay, this is the reason why I want to start with Optilitz? Or a yeah, um, so I have a background in, in e-commerce and in online marketing and At some point in time, I I kind of saw the first of those campaigns, and I I was shocked and surprised uh, that it works. Um, but realized, especially during my time at Rocket Internet, I realized that um, it's just not scalable how how the channel is run right now. So that's that's why where the whole the whole idea or the whole concept came from, and we basically optimize is what I. Um, As, an, as, as a marketer was always looking for and what my peers also told me that, that they needed or that they would have liked. Was there a special situation where you said, hey, now print mailings would be a great thing? Or, um, Good question. I think it just like step by step it arrived, right? You get disappointed with certain online channels and then you're, you're grasping for other opportunities and all of a sudden there's this, this weird old school stuff. Um, but I remember we when we launched a company in, in Australia and I sat with another um, a managing director of a, of a big e-commerce company and um, we had this conversation. We said, you know, that, that's what I've always been looking for. And we're just like... That was, I think, like the turning point in terms of realizing it's not just something that could be needed, but it's something that, that has to be built at some point in time. Cool. Um, in general, direct mailings and postcards, of course, that's nothing new or nothing special. <laughs> so what's now the special thing that Optilize adds and offers to its client? Yeah. So traditionally, I mean, since it's such a such a painful channel to run, right, you, you coordinate printers, etc. So, um, so traditionally, people would, 
run very big campaigns a couple of times a year, right? Basically targeting everybody, I don't know, for their winter campaigns and then maybe for Easter. Um, but it wasn't really possible to segment a lot, right? To really figure out segments, run really small campaigns and integrate, and that gets that that's where it gets really exciting, integrate those campaigns into your online customer journeys. Um, I mean, people would kind of try it, be like, hey, we have an email campaign and then maybe we send them something via direct mail. But, but you, what you really want is that it's fully integrated and fully automated uh, and highly segmented. And that's what we enable. And I mean, we've, we have customers that are big, really big, uh, big spenders in direct mail. And before they started using us, when they send out birthday mailings to their, um, you know, to their loyalty program customers, they will send them out once a month. Just because it was too much work, so you could have your birthday on the 30th and you get a card on the 1st uh, of the same month, and it's just not cool, right? It's not, it's not what you expect, and, um, and that's, that's, that's little things that we enable and that really push performance. If you now want to start a campaign that's more personalized or more uh, detailed, segment, segmented, um, how easy is it to set this up with Optilit? Super easy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so, yeah. No, um, I mean... <laughs> You know, I, th I think it's a process. Um, we have customers that dig down really deep and that have a lot of segments, very specific campaigns, low volumes. But I think that's not how you start out. I think you start out by, uh, by sitting down, thinking about what you already do or what you want to achieve. Uh, you think about your segments and then you step by step, you start automating. And we usually like in the, in the first couple of steps, we, we assist you just with our data, our insights. And, you know, you might just start out simply testing postcards versus letters uh, or, or just different visuals, different incentives, just taking very basic steps. And then you could get this to go a step further. Very often we see even big com companies that don't differentiate between thinking about gender, genders that, um, that have different expectations, right? You wouldn't send the same, or you normally shouldn't be sending the same card if you're a fashion company to men as, as, as to women. And there could be additional segments, right? You could then break them up, uh, sporty versus luxury, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, whatever segments you have. But, but I, I think you should take it step by step. You shouldn't go all out uh, and do like the really crazy advanced stuff uh, on day one. So the segmenting it down makes it different from the old uh, kind of postcards you were receiving in the past, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, there is, it's, um, it was always possible with, with a lot of manual efforts to, to segment, um, but people didn't do that huh? because it just, it, it was too much work, it's too much coordination, there's too much of a risk of things going wrong. Um, so, so I think there's just a lot of things that, that we enable uh, via technology that in the past people would do manually or with like home-built little tools. Yeah, sure. Um, can you name some, some interesting clients that use uh, your service? Mm -hmm. So I would say almost or a very large share of like the, the, the big e-commerce players are using us. It's like all kinds of segments, right? It's, it's companies like... Uh, Posta XXL, but then there's companies um, like HelloFresh, um, in, you know, in the, in the B2B space. Contorion, for example, is an exciting B2B customer that automates campaigns uh, with, with really impressive performance. There's players like MyMuesli, but we also have quite a few customers in the in the corporate space or like, for example, big insurance players, insurance brokers like Hersch Partner or... Um, 
you know, in the corporates, even like their spin-offs like a Coop that, that run really high-performance campaigns that are pretty exciting. So it's very a broad set of companies that are, on one hand, it's the, it's the players that are very strong in online marketing that now want to add a channel that they, that they run in a similar way and where they add generate performance. But then it's also those guys that know this channel, have run it for 20, 30, 50 years in a very successful manner, that now realize, hey, there is there are things that can change or should change or where we can make this kind of bring it back to another level. Cool. Um, for what kind of campaigns do they use? So is there a best practice th mm. thing or a use case that almost everyone of them yeah. is using? Yeah. Um, so there is a lot of use cases along the entire customer life cycle. It starts with stuff like cart abandonment campaigns, right? You've got somebody that just didn't finish their purchase, and if, if the basket size is big enough, you could send a postcard if you already have the address data, but it goes... Um, then goes uh, to um, or continues to um, cross upselling campaigns that are automated to certain audiences. And then the last use case, uh, when you're already you know afraid of losing a customer, or you maybe have lost them, uh, it's a whole churn prevention reactivation topic, right? Where you say, okay, I have this, I have this customers. They've they've bought quite a lot from me. They haven't purchased in a in a certain time frame. Let's say six to nine months, ten maybe twelve months. Uh, I, I don't have an opt-in. I, I can't reach them through other channels. Uh, so I send them a letter, tell them, hey, we miss you, come back. And that, that works extremely well. That's normally the entry case that, um, that, that people start out with. Especially for this case, can you say how successful those campaigns are? So how much the conversion rate improves, mm. how much the ROI changes mm. and stuff like that? So it's really... Um, it really depends on the vertical that you're in. So, um, you know, on average, on a platform, we see that average conversion rates are around 3.7%. But that varies, right? We've got companies in the high-end furniture space, they're at 1%, one, 1.5%, one and, and they're very happy about it because they have large basket sizes. But then we have customers with small basket sizes in the, the food, food delivery space, where... Seven, eight, nine, even ten percent are possible, oh, and that's yeah. also necessary. Just you know, from a, from a um, from basket size, size, customer lifetime value perspective, um, what we see in terms of the performance impact we generate, it again it varies, um, but we would say it's it's normally thirty to seventy percent. Whereas we of course have cases where it's 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 a lot more than that. Huh? Yeah. Now imagine you want to start a campaign like this as a company um, and you look at your customer data. How many companies actually do have the postal address of their clients? Is this a problem sometimes? Um, well, if you are if you're an e-commerce shop and you have goods that you ship, you, you have that data for all of your customers. There is often a question of the quality of your data because if you ship some, something to somebody, you need less high data quality than if you send advertorial mail because the, the postal services will be more lenient if you send a, a package and pay a lot more for it, of course. Um, but then we have the, the stationary players, right, the retail chains, etc. In their case, if you don't have a loyalty program or something like that, Uh, you don't have the data and, and, and can't leverage the channel. So, um, so it, it really varies between the different verticals, and uh, and I would say it's also important kind of think about where it makes sense to leverage the channel. Right? If you if you've got ten thousand customers, it's probably not an exciting channel huh? because it's just just there. There is work associated with every channel. So what we see, I would say, our customers have between I would say fifty thousand to ten million customers. 
uh, or, or customer addresses. Okay. I think that's the sweet spot uh, where it's pretty broad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, and it also depends again, right? You could have less customers, but you have a lot of touch points because they purchase a lot, or you have a lot of customer data. Let's say you uh, a mattress uh, mm-hmm. on e-commerce store. You might have a lot of customer data, but you know that's that's it's not your channel because what do you want to do? Send send them a letter eight years later and to ask them to buy another mattress. So it's again it's, you have to think about uh, different different uh, KPIs. We normally when we talk to customers and we don't see potential, we just tell them hey, it's not worth it because it's you you don't want to burn people. Huh? Yeah, sure. Uh, do you if this is the case, do you help people to to qualify them? Um, Well, what we do have, we have a feature on the platform where we basically validate address data. So we check whether whether addresses actually exist, and if they don't exist or if they're they're kind of spelled in the wrong way, etc. We the platform cleans that up, um, which which is a pretty important step. We normally, on average, we uh, we clean up around six percent of the data of our customers. Um, and when you do that, you really have to get an agency on board very often that helps you uh, think about like you know scoring topics like where to purchase from at what cost. So we 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 push people in the right direction or tell them hey that's that's not it for you. Uh, but we don't provide that service because in the end we're a software company and okay. a non-agency. Yeah. Mm? Um, is there something that you know from email marketing, something like double opt-in that you have to do before you write a postcard to someone? That's the beauty. <laughs> you don't. Uh, no, you actually. So if you have, if somebody is purchased from you, or has given you their address, you can use it for direct mail. You, they of course have the right to tell you to opt out, tell you, hey, I don't want direct mail. But so it's you, the other way around. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that that won't change. Won't change in in May with with the regulatory changes. Uh, either, um, and that's the case. I mean, it's. I, I think the reasoning is pretty simple or straightforward. If if you've got somebody's email address, you can just bombard them with emails 50 times a day, and you don't have, really have any cost. Uh, if I try that with direct mail, I'm going to be bankrupt before before the end of the week. So I won't do it. So yeah, sure. th- that is no risk for the, of of that happening. Huh? Now, again, in comparison to email campaigns, how do you track, actually, whether a campaign that's sent out with Optilis is successful or not? Yeah, uh, very good question. So you do have the challenge, right, of, 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 of having to track performance. And it really depends on what vertical you're in, what you're doing, how you do that. Um, if we're in e-commerce, we can use with, you can use voucher codes very often. Uh, landing pages are a tricky thing. Very often they don't work. But voucher codes are something that you can use. You can use barcodes. We've got companies, and this is surprising, right? Like old school, more old school audiences, like in insurance space, they have return envelopes. So people get a letter, they have a little envelope mm-hmm. in there, they write their re- return or cross something out, and they send it back to you. So that that could work. We even have companies, and that's it's shocking to me because I didn't know those things still exist. We have companies that run highly successful campaigns, and they track performance via fax replies. Wow, uh, it's uh, I haven't seen one of those machines in in, in years, and I you know g- c- coming into an office and seeing that this is still a channel is is kind of shocking. But in the end, I mean, you can't you can't choose the channels by what what you like. You have to choose the channels by what your customers react to. That's why also like letters etc. work. So um, it's 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 really something that you have to think about. And where we no- normally provide, like in a in a pilot setup, quite some input. Yeah, well, why do you say landing pages don't work actually? Mm. So the thing is, customers just what what we've seen with uh, with our clients, they just don't 
you know, they, they get something editorial mail and they're like, hey, there's a great offer. And then they, they Google the, uh, the company name or they type in, you know, the, um, the name of the company, the email, the, the, the website, but they don't go to a landing page. Very often it's just too complex. Okay. Um, yeah, in, at least in B2C, that's what we've seen. For There is very few exceptions. Normally it doesn't work. So normally you would have to use a voucher code. So the effort is just too high, for, and yeah, people the people don't just like don't the, get it somehow. Yeah, yeah. so okay. it's kind of the and it's that, and then it's a problem, right? And all of a sudden your tracking is broken, or they they can't use their voucher code any code anymore. Conversion goes down. I mean, we've seen tests uh, in the B two C space. The the most extreme example that I have of something that I've seen um, two weeks ago um, of a test in the for for you know voucher codes versus a landing page. Mm-hmm was that the voucher code converted 10 times better. Wow. And I think it didn't convert 10 times better because it was a 10 times better offer or anything. It's just you know, people didn't somehow get it or didn't look appealing for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe it's also a psychological thing that you know, as a landing page, everybody can visit that. It's not exclusive, so it's not that great. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you really have to make it easy for the yeah. customer to, to get what you want. And exactly. Yeah. Now we have one final question mm-hmm. that we always want to know. Imagine now you are the customer uh-huh. and what be would be a customer experience where you at the end would say, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. This really flashes me. Uh, can you imagine something like this? Yeah, or in, did in, this even happen to you in the past? In terms of direct mail? For example, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I always, I mean, I, I pay close attention to what I receive in the mail. And I'm always... It annoys me when when I have, for example, my utility. They send me a useless magazine once a month, mm-hmm. and it just it's it's actually it doesn't it doesn't only not have an impact. It has a negative impact because every month I get this magazine that's totally worthless, and I just get really annoyed because they're they're spending my money on something that doesn't add value to me. So I think that's an example of. Maybe it's not the worst case scenario. That's yeah. asking for, but I think going the other direction, what impresses me then, on the other hand, is if I get something, and it, it, that applies to every marketing channel, where I have the feeling that hey, they they thought I, they value me. This is exclusive. This is something where what they really thought about what what's what's what I want uh, or what I need, and and I didn't expect this. And this is this nice. Like I've I've had a company where I complained about something. And they sent me, it was a standard postcard, um, but they sent me something where they said, hey, we're sorry. And that was really nice because if they, I, I get that they're not calling me because that's too expensive. And it's also, I don't like being called by, mm. by random companies. Um, at the same time, getting an email really annoys me because it just seems too automated. So I really like the experience of getting something physical and being saying, hey, this okay. You made a mistake, you, you acknowledge it, and, um, and you, here you are telling me that, This won't happen again. So I, I would say that's that's kind of the things where a company has thought about the right t- the right message at the right time to the right customer and where where they generate performance and win me back. What do you think? Why do people uh, companies fail when they send you a monthly thing you don't really want to to read or have in your inbox? Mm. Why don't they achieve to make it better? I mean, it's I think it's the same for all marketing channels. Very often, things were established at some point in time and then they just keep happening. Uh, and it's just maybe it made sense at some point in time, um, but I think you need to constantly assess 
what new opportunities you have, how customer behavior changes or customer's perspective. Maybe maybe today, you know, as a, as a marketer, as a company, you should always think about like how how you can enhance customer experience and, and deliver on their expectations and 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 can't stop so that that's what we're talking right um the, the things that you do with with, with cross engage um are things that that weren't possible now should will become the norm same i think for direct mail so companies should try to find new ways and not stick to the old ones they always use. exactly yeah. exactly and it's and then it's going to be a mix right i think there's always going to be a share of people that get still get a catalog and they're happy with it and it makes sense Mm-hmm. But there's going to be others where maybe due to certain patterns that you see in their behavior where you just have to decide, hey, this is not this is not it for them and we'll interact differently. So cool. Yeah. People should start thinking about <laughs> what they do. Yeah. Uh, I hope this helped somehow, this interview. Thank you so much for your time and your answers. It was really a pleasure to have you here with us. Thank you. Cross Engage Podcast. Podcast.